Hey there, everybody. Brad Geiger here to welcome you to a brand new podcast called Surviving Creativity. In this show, we're going to talk about creative professionals using digital media to follow their dreams, be their own boss, and hopefully survive the process. Surviving Creativity was made possible by listeners like you. This is the first ever Patreon-exclusive podcast. This is for fans and creators by fans and creators. If you want to be part of that, go to patreon.com slash survivingcreativity and become a supporter. I think you're going to love what you get in return. This is going to get really, really exciting really, really fast. And I think you're going to love the team we've put together for this podcast. Scott Kurtz is widely regarded as the godfather of webcomics. He was one of the very first, and today he's known as one of the very best. His comic strip, PVP, is a staple of webcomics reading. And his new title, Table Titans, is a tour de force of comic storytelling. Corey Cassoni is more than just the PVP business manager. He's got deep roots in print publishing. He was the marketing director of Oni Press, publisher of Scott Pilgrim and The Sixth Gun. And he's the only member of the team you might have seen on a TV series. And me, I'm Brad Geiger. I posted my first comic strip on the web on Valentine's Day 2000, and I fell in love so much I've been doing it every day ever since. I'm the editor of the webcomics tutorial news and advice site webcomics.com and the author of the webcomics handbook. And I couldn't think of a better person to be the first guest on this show. It's none other than Jack Conti. You know him as the singer, songwriter, filmmaker, frontman for Pomplamoose. But more importantly, without Jack, there'd be no Patreon. Want to know the whole story? It's coming up right now. Surviving Creativity. Hi Jack, how's it going? Hi Jack, where? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that a lot? No, I've never done that joke before. It's the first time I've ever done that joke. Twenty nine years of my name being Jack, and I've it's never done out. that joke before. That's great. <laughs> uh, welcome to Surviving Creativity. Why? Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you are a very busy gentleman, and. Uh, uh, this is our. This will be our uh, inaugural episode, right? This will be what everybody hears first when they come to our uh, Patreon page. Yeah. Super awesome. And of course, Surviving Creativity is a Patreon exclusive show. And since you're kind of the boss man of Patreon, this is a big deal. Ah, all right, boss man. I'll, I'll I'm gonna be. I'm going to. I'm gonna be useless during this entire interview because I am freaking out. Really? I am such a fan. Yes, I am very super nervous now that Jack is here. What? Wait, Scott Kurtz is nervous? Wow. I'm super nervous. No, I want to hear about this. Go I've into detail. I'm just a huge Pomplamoose fan. I saw you guys live at the Triple Door when you were in Seattle. Oh, dang. That was a fun and show. Yeah, that was a great show. And uh, ah, anyway, I'll get over it. I'll get over it <laughs> shortly. Awesome. Yeah. Basically, we have, a, we have a period of time where Scott is unavailable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now the question is, do we want to go through and, and talk about the history of uh, Patreon a little bit, or do we want to go right into new stuff? 
That's what whatever you, you guys like. Yeah. Because there might be like. there might be some people. I, I I mean I know I've heard the story, but but the whole story of how you came up with the idea of yeah. doing Patreon. Right. You're not tired of this story yet, Jack. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll only get tired of it after the. 480th time i'm only somewhere around 450 right we're now, still good, so. That's good for for you people out there listening for the first time obviously not having heard us uh the surviving creativity is a show all about uh exactly what it says surviving creativity and and particularly for us new media and the new marketplace and and messing with all these new technologies and things so having uh jack on the show is actually pretty cool because he's pioneering some new funding methods for uh creating art and uh creating new media out in in the interwebs in the world without the kind of gatekeepers that are often uh in the way of of folks like us who are trying to do things so so you started uh give us some background on you because right now you're primarily known for this some really cool uh videos that you do mostly on youtube and uh mm-hmm. and your work with pomplamoose which is a uh a band of uh you and uh girlfriend wife Wife, girlfriend? girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. All right. No pressure. Hopefully, Don't pressure. No pressure. Him. I'm trying not to pressure. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're called Pomplamoose, and uh, and I have a solo channel as well on YouTube, and um, you know we make music and we try to make a living doing that. That's that's what we like to do: make music and videos and put them out in the world for people to see. And Patreon exists because uh, there came a point where I felt like we had an audience and I had an audience, particularly for my solo channel. I was growing this, this audience that seemed to be a real community, people who cared about my stuff and they liked what I was making. And, um, I wasn't making very much money through ad revenue or music sales. People don't really buy EDM. Um, that's just not, that's not a thing that happens. People, uh, download EDM mm-hmm. or watch it on YouTube, but it's mm-hmm. a, um, so it was it was difficult for me to actually convert, you know, my th- what I was doing that I felt like had so much value and you know was actually had a real community. It was difficult to actually make money doing that. And Patreon was a way that I was able to go to my fans and say, "Hey, can you guys support me a buck per music video or five bucks per music video or whatever it is that you want to give, whatever you can afford, um, so that I can keep making free stuff for the world." It's not, "Hey, you can't see my stuff unless you pay me." It's, "Hey, I'm making stuff." regardless because that's uh-huh. what's in my blood and that and i have to do that right i have to make stuff um it would be great if i could do that for a living um that's the ethos of patreon and um and that's what we're that's what i asked of my fans and, and within a few days i had over seven thousand dollars um pledged to me per music video that i created that's awesome that's amazing I was going to say, uh, my first introduction to uh, the concept of Patreon was a video that I saw of your presentation at XOXO. Ah, mm-hmm. and it and it and now from my perspective, because it's like you never see, you know, when you never see a certain type of car on the highway until you buy one or you are looking <laughs> to buy one, and you see them everywhere. Yeah. So after I saw the video, all of a sudden it seemed like, to me at least, everyone was talking about Patreon. And I was wondering, how long was Patreon around before that talk? And did is it me, or did it really blow up after that talk? I don't think that talk is what caused it to blow up, although that talk is doing pretty well on YouTube and is continuing to just sort of get views, which is nice. Um, I think that's like a good calling card for Patreon. But what we've seen is the thing that actually gets the word out is when creators successfully use the platform. It's when It's when there's a story, when there's a person who actually 
is making something beautiful and starts to make a living doing it. Um, so like when we launched Zach Wienersmith, who does Saturday morning breakfast cereal, um, the since then, since his launch, we've just had cascades of web comics, mm -hmm. um, you know, signing up for the platform. And, uh, it really is about like the one person in the field and then everyone else realizes, Oh wow, this is actually a way to get paid for doing what I'm doing. And this is a way for my audience to appreciate me, um, and to contribute to my, to my art. That's, that's the word that gets spread. It's funny that the best kind of press that we can hope for is a press that mentions Patreon incidentally. It's right. the press about a creator. Zach Wienersmith is doing this amazing new thing. He's now making $8,000 per month. Um, he's launched his webcomic on Patreon and blah, blah. And we just get mentioned. But the whole story is about how Zach has now hired a full-time employee um, who used to be a part-time employee because he's got an extra $8,000 of revenue a month that he can use to build his business so that he can focus on drawing comics instead of doing his financials every week um, yeah. and drawing up P&Ls for himself or whatever it is. So those, those are the stories that really create this kind of rolling um, snowball effect um, for spreading. And yeah, we're starting to, I think right now, actually, it's very exciting. We're, we're really starting to reach a critical mass where it's becoming kind of a ubiquitous thing. And um, it hasn't, it hasn't been like that for very long. I mean, it's only been a few months now where we started to really feel this momentum, you know? So now what are some of the Patreon campaigns that you've gotten the most excited about? Like the ones that you, you either, either got a sense of, of really pride that it was being done through this thing that you created or just something that you saw and you thought, I never figured it would be uh, used for this, but here it is and that's pretty awesome. Oh, just exciting cases. So there's this one guy named Matt Lease um, who just launched recently. He has 3,470 YouTube subscribers. Mm -hmm. And um, that converted into 374 patrons paying him $1,888 a month. Wow. So, um, so that's the kind of crazy story where here's a guy who's probably getting AdSense checks for like $4, yeah. maybe like right. $12 on a good month. Um, and it's proof. It's proof that content isn't properly monetized by running ads before it. Yeah. Right. It's like, what is this guy's value to the world? Right. Why are people tuning in to, to listen to him? Why do they watch him? Is he really worth, is each person really worth $0.0001 because they, their focus was taken for 15 seconds looking at an ad? Is that this guy's value to the world? That he was able to provide an advertiser 15 seconds of eyeballs going like this, zoning out? That's not his average, that's not his point or purpose in the world. His point is that he reaches people on a deep level. He connects with human beings on the other end of the computer. Uh -huh. And those, those people are stepped up to the plate and they're helping him make his living now. That's that's why this platform exists. It's because it's because the current content monetization system is utterly entirely broken. It's it's non-functional. It's not even dysfunctional. It's non-functional. You have uh -huh. somebody who's reaching two or three football stadiums full of people getting a check for $200 at the end of the month. It's insane. The I don't know why we're not sort of in an uproar about this. <laughs> It's, it's, 
I gotta tell you, man. Seeing you get so pumped about this, uh, for uh, you have to understand, like you're sitting with uh, with uh, at least two guys that have been making content and putting it on the web for 15 years, with wow. with no expected return. Like trying to figure out, like inventing ways to make money come mm. in, so they can continue yeah. to make free content and dealing with. Uh, the entitled fans who are like, well, you just make it for free, right? I mean, it's right. Like, and, and dealing with the fans that think that mm-hmm. everyone who makes stuff on the internet is like some kind of billionaire, so because clearly ad right. revenue is paying everyone's mortgage. Isn't it, you it know, funny how they're split between the people who think you're billionaires <laughs> and the people who think, like, yeah, dude, you're a YouTuber, you make videos for a living, you sit on your ass and make videos and upload them. Why should you get any money for that? <laughs> right, right. It's right. like you get the two types of people. Yeah. Rare, Clearly, there's but. another type of person who is who is willing to uh, to be a patron of of the people that they enjoy. But absolutely, yeah, that's what that's what I think is so exciting is reaching this community of people who really care and really understand, right? And they they are on your side and they know the woes of the content creator and they know that you're working your ass off and responding to comments and emails and, and you know they they that's the group. That's the community that we're fostering on Patreon. Well, here's what's here's what's fa- here's what fascinates me, and that and, and it might not be interesting to anybody else, but okay. So Jack, you got this great idea, and and we've all had great ideas. What if I yeah. did X Y Z? Yeah. Uh, how hard was it for you to find the right team of people to actually bring this into fruition? Yeah, this yeah. is such an interesting part of his story in yeah. the in the talk because it goes from I had this great idea yeah. to I was on the phone with my friend and he started coding it yeah. to pa- step four Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It just I, I really I really glazed over that part of the story. Yeah. yeah. So uh, not that it's not true. It is true. Um, there, there is a, uh, uh, there's a certain component of luck here, which I'm not going to deny, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I got really lucky. Um, there's also a couple things that I think I did well. Um, and there's a couple things, you know, just areas where I feel like I made the right choices um, that led to, to this. And mm-hmm. then there's some areas where it's like it was up to the wind and it, and it went in our favor. And, and that's just, you know, that's how it is. But so, okay, so, so the execution part is the question, right? The, yeah. the, so you got an idea. And, and I could show you if I had my, I don't have my notebook, but um, Patreon literally started like every other freaking dumb idea I've ever had in the world, which is, a, you know, one page in my idea book, right? It's, yeah. I've got a little book and I have, literally I have hundreds of pages, scribbled drawings and ideas and things. And I wrote down, Jack Conti is creating music videos. Give Jack $1 for every music video he creates. And then I wrote down the number of patrons and the dollars. And so I wrote out, basically what is a patreon page mm-hmm. um and and i had this idea and i thought okay this is what i want to do for my website and then i thought no this is bigger than that this is actually as soon as i drew it i was like this is what everybody wants this is yeah. what all my youtube friends want this is what web comics would want like everybody's gonna want to, to have this infrastructure so i thought okay so this is a website for people it's not just a website for me it's a website for everybody so that was the the First realization was like, which is actually, I think, a significant realization. It's not, and again, it's not that I approach this wanting to start a tech startup. I am not a tech startup guy. I'm not a CEO. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a founder. I'm not, right? I, this is, the goal was not to build a company. The goal was to make a living making music videos. 
right? right. So, so that's the important, that's a very important thing here. So, so I think first realizing that this was like, okay, maybe this is something for other people too. Then, um, I, I took two hours. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to act on this. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to act on it. It's <laughs> yeah. dumb, but I'm just going to take two hours. That's all I'm going to do. Cause I was really busy making videos. So I was like, I'm going to take two hours. So that was the other thing I could have at that point, And I remember the day it was like a Saturday mm. and I was sitting around in the afternoon. I was about to go down to the studio. Literally. I was about to go record a song and I was like, no, I'm going to take two hours. I'm going to draw this site. Let's just draw it out. Um, just, just cause I'll just do it. So I took mm. out 14 pieces of paper and I gave myself two hours and I drew out, uh, 14 pages for the site. And I called that the, uh, what do they call it? A wireframe. Yeah. So it was basically the wireframe right. for the site. It was like an account page, patron manager, the main Patreon page, a settings page. And it was like, I was trying to like wrap my head around, okay, how would this actually work? And I, I drew it out. Um, and then as I was looking at these 14 pages, I was like, this will work. Mm-hmm. Um, it will work. I know my fans. If I were to, if this pay, if this existed on the web, if the infrastructure actually existed, the code really worked and existed, and I sent my fans to this page, my fans would back me up. They would stand up for me. They would make this happen. I know my fans. I know my community. It's a real community of people, and they, they would do this. And as soon as I realized that, as soon as I thought about that and really believed that, and I did believe it, I, I knew that to be the case, um, I, felt, I felt like I had to make it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I had, um, okay, well, this is actually a long, that was a really good question, but the, the execution <laughs> part, how deep do you guys want me to go into this? Because this is, well, listen, can, you're talking to, you're talking to three guys who tell a story so he can tell you this story so that he can get to that story. Uh, yes, yes. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Don't be afraid. Okay. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we record two hours and burn it down to 40 minutes so you can go you can go as long as you want all right great so just tell me to shut the fuck up and i'll stop talking no please talk so i got these 14 pages okay so i said out loud i decided i decided i was gonna do this i wasn't gonna let anybody tell me otherwise Mm -hmm. and i wasn't gonna let I wasn't going to let the future get in the way. So in other words, I wasn't going to let um, the idea that, oh, well, I'll, if this really takes off, then I'll have to work on that all the time. We'll be able to make music videos. And I'll, I'll then do I really want to do a startup? Do I, I was like, no, nope, I'm not going to answer any of those questions. I'm a naive. I wanted to be a 12-year-old boy going into this <laughs> and not caring about any ramifications or negative consequences. I wanted to cut off all logic and thought and go into this with double blinders on and stumble through a broken process and make something. But it's fascinating. You knew when to get detailed in your thought process and you knew when to pull back and rely on, let's call it faith. In other words, anybody that has a 14-page wireframe on uh, something that doesn't exist yet, clearly, and, and you're drawing it out, you're a visual thinker, clearly you're, you're, you're going into a great deal of detail. But when it came to these other issues, you actually had the confidence to step back and say, we'll work that out later, which is really an interesting part of the creative process because a lot of us get bogged down in all of that at the same time, and it's why some of us aren't able to move forward, right? Dare, right. dare we say he survived the creativity. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why did you do it? Because Brad wasn't. You weren't there, Brad. <laughs> Episode one, fellas. That should have come out of Brad's mouth. Episode you know one. what? 
guys, I'm just going to throw this out there. That'd make a pretty good title for a podcast. <laughs> there's, there's your title. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but really, that's interesting to me is that you, you had the confidence to say, I'm going to I'm gonna lay off that other stuff and, work, and, and just focus on making it real first. And then we'll yes. worry about that other stuff. So, and I think the reason is because, and I did this out loud. This wasn't something I said in my head. This was mm-hmm. something I did out loud. I said, I'm going to do this and it's going to fail and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I said that probably like three times to myself that day Ooh, at the kitchen that's, table. You know, that's an important thing. And we'll have an episode later discussing failure at length, but we're all big proponents of failing beautifully. We're all big supporters yeah. of failure. Just go, <laughs> just go yeah. and fail. Some of us, some of us by choice and some of us by, <laughs> by happenstance. <laughs> hey, man. In 10 or 15 years, you're going to fuck up. It's uh, like, welcome yeah. to life, kids. This is yeah. what happens, <laughs> not, especially not only are as you a gonna creator. If, if you're not doing it, you're not pushing yourself. No, then you're if safe, you're, right? You're not yeah. trying. Then you're not you're creating. Not you're not doing yeah. anything. You're not doing anything new. If, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you are making things and every one of those things is working, I'm not going to invest in you. I don't care about you. You're not ambitious. You're not working hard. You're on autopilot. That's not the people I want to surround myself with. I want people who are failing and trying things and messing up and, and sometimes they work, but they're always thoughtful about it, right? They're not just, uh, right. They're not, it's, it's, it's guided, thoughtful failure, right? It's, um, it's, it's demonstrative risk-taking and purposeful risk-taking. I like that. Demonstrative risk-taking. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That is. And somebody coined that quickly before. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright surviving creativity team. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> Where's Katie? Call Katie. Call our legal team and tell them. We- <laughs> no, so you're back on that Saturday and you've okay. got your wireframes. You say to yourself right. three times, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail and that's okay. I'm, I'm just going to do this. And it's going to fail. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. And I told a few friends about the idea and everyone that I talked to, everyone said, Jack, dude, you're going to try and build a website. You're a, you're going to, you're a musician. You want to what you want to go raise money and, and hire a co-founder. I, I asked a few people, I was like, Hey, um, I need a technical person who can build a website. I have wireframes. And they literally laughed at me and they said, <laughs> oh, I know what you need. You need a unicorn. That's what you're trying to find. You're trying to go uh, find a unicorn. Yeah. And they said, you want a technical co-founder? Good luck. Everybody wants a technical co-founder. Adios. And, wow. uh, and, and that's what ev- literally everybody said that to me. And, and everybody was, um, it's amazing when you have an idea and you tell people about it the first reaction that you get is just, that's not going to work. Here's why. Yeah. Um, and, th- and I don't, I don't necessarily blame people for that. I think it's just kind of how we are. We just see holes in things. Um, mm-hmm. And what you forget is that. So I think the reason that I went into this and, and you guys said, you know, how did you know when to turn off the logic and when to turn on the logic? Right. How did you know mm-hmm. when to right? So I had the 14 page thing, but I also said, I'm just going to put on blinders and march forward. It's because I was literally getting out of this. I don't know if you guys saw my robot music video that I made, um, but I, I made a, uh, yep. a it was a, a, a music video with robots and I built a replica of Millennium Falcon in my studio and it took me about 55 days start to finish of just like building this freaking set by myself in a dark room for 18 hours a day and I didn't know how to frame a wall and I had to frame a wall and I didn't know how to 
do robots, so I had to find people who knew how to do robots, and and it just everything didn't work, and I just mm-hmm. had to get over. It's just problem solving. Just every day was just oh shit, it's not working. I have to make it work. Yeah. Um, and so what I learned in that process of making this video is that nothing works. Nothing <laughs> works. You do something, it's not going to work. Nothing you're going to do works. You do something, <laughs> and then you look at it, you see what doesn't work about this, and then you plug that hole, and then you try it again, and you push it forward. And then if it mm-hmm. still doesn't work, you plug the next hole, and then you push it forward, and then you, you're you just constantly plugging holes and fixing and tweaking and sculpting and building and pushing it forward. And at some point, it, it has four legs, and it stands up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and you you add leg by leg until it until it works. And so Patreon didn't work, right? Nothing ever works. We uh-huh. kept tweaking it and tweaking it and pushing. And Sam worked tirelessly. So okay, so here's the point where Sam comes in. I I knew one guy, who um who was a not a technical co-founder, but he ran a team of programmers in Australia, and he was offering to contract with me to build the site. And they were kind of janky, and I felt like they weren't the real deal. And I was worried about it, and I didn't know. How, how did you know him? How did you know him? I, I found him. How did I find him? I think I got a reference from somebody else, or. Okay, so it, this got, isn't even somebody that you know particularly well. It's no, just a name that you've got, and you make contact, and it's and like. And I made contact. Th- this guy might be sketchy as hell. Yeah, and, and I didn't know. And he's from Australia, and. Yeah, and as I was talking to him, there were some things where I was like, okay, this is just. This doesn't feel like that. He's saying this is hard and this thing shouldn't be hard. And yeah. so, so I called up my freshman year roommate in college, who is Sam Yam, who is, who, spoiler alert, is the technical co-founder at Patreon. <laughs> oh, you um, ruined the whole story. It's sorry. ruined. Yeah. We can't even listen. Don't okay. finish. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> um, he was, this is, this is the luck part, right? He was, uh-huh. he was my, he was my freshman year roommate at school. It's like, what do you like? Had you kept got... in touch, Had, or was this the first time yeah. you talked to him in all that time? No, we kept in touch. You'd kept so, in touch, and you call up and you say, "Sam, I got this guy, and I don't know what to make of him." I said, "Sam, I drew out a website. It's an amazing idea. It's it's gonna change everything, mm-hmm. and you have to do this." And he said, "I just launched a company. Call me on Thursday." And, <laughs> and that company was now i didn't i didn't tell him what the idea was in in his in his defense i didn't tell him what the idea was yet hey uh-huh. guys let me get my my computer's literally about to die so hang no, on a second. Let don't me get die my, yeah let me get my uh well, my charger uh, here we can sing for you if you like yeah i love how it's running through the hall no we no, we are not going to sing <laughs> I'm not going to sing in front of Jack Conti. I won't be playing, tr- trying to play drums or the piano. I won't be doing anything musically inclined in front of Jack. So tell us more about Sam. You had said uh, you called him in and said, I have this idea. And he said, I just started a company. Call me on Thursday. Yeah. So that, and that's, that's what he said. So, um, <gasps> so I called him. So we, I just, we, what's that? <laughs> what just happened? I, I saw Natalie. <laughs> Natalie just peeked in. Oh, she just peeked really? in behind me. And, and I gasped like a like Scott, a Scott those Curtis girls in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Uh, 
I'm going to get off camera now because I'm blushing. This is worse than car talk. You guys are unbelievable. Oh no, you don't understand, oh man. We lose it. This is like oh uh, Brad's. I can't believe Brad's laugh, uh, Brad's laugh is actually one of our Patreon rewards. We've used it as rewards so many times for so many different things now. He's got, you can get his laugh as a ringtone. That's so funny. That's so funny. Oh, oh my that God. was the best. No, Natalie, open the door behind you and Scott goes. It <gasps> <laughs> didn't happen and we're cutting that out in post. <laughs> it's going in the like, for real, like hell we are. <laughs> Unless you're going to edit this one. Oh, all right. Anyway. So we call Sam, and he's your he's your former roommate. He's Yeah, he's my he's my freshman roommate in college. Every time Jack starts a sentence, he looks over his shoulder. <laughs> Just close the door. Not he's, happening again. He's, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see everyone. I'm gonna see you guys simultaneously go like this. <laughs> Poor Jack, he's gonna develop a twitch by the time we're done with him. Okay, all right. <laughs> so Sam. So now you were saying that you called Sam. And he had just he had just started a company, you say, and he wanted to call you back on Thursday. Oh, oh shit! Oh, cheeks hurting. Okay, this is why we can't okay. be on the radio. The car talk right. guys can turn it off. We're screwed. Right. We just keep going. Oh. Tell us about Sam. Tell us okay. all about, Tell us about Sam. Sam. So Sam had just launched a company, and he uh, he wasn't he had just gotten a TechCrunch article, and it just couldn't he couldn't talk. So um, so I said, okay, can I come? I want to drive to wherever you are on Thursday, at the soonest we can possibly meet. I want to meet you. I'm going to drive to you, and I want to tell you about this. And he said, okay, I'm going to be working in a cafe all day on Thursday because my company will have just launched. I'm going to be working in a cafe. Can we work? Can we meet at this cafe on Thursday at like 3 p.m.? So I met him at the cafe at 3 p.m. And at this point, I've been really, I've been, I'm sold now. I know I want to do this. I know this is the right thing to do. Um, I was feeling really great about it. So I had even put together some like projections and things, just ways, you know, things that I was going to tell Sam. Um, and I sat down with him and I just, I really just, I let it all out. I mean, I just told him the whole thing and I, I really, I really sold him hard on it. And, um, in the, in the time, in that hour conversation that we had, he said, he eventually said, Jack, why didn't you tell me about this when we were talking on the phone? And I was like, I did. And he said, and he said no, why did you wait till now? He's like, we have to do this now. And I was like, yes, I know. Let's do it now. <laughs> and he got it, to, to Sam's credit, right, he got it immediately. And, and he was the only person that I talked to whose eyes 
mm-hmm. right? He, I could tell that he got it. Like I could see him when Sam gets excited. It's so funny. I love getting him excited because he does this thing where he like he like starts pacing and he like <laughs> and he like, he'll like walk around and and he like doesn't look at you because he's like thinking about how to make it work and. Um, <laughs> And he started doing that. We went outside and went for a walk and we started walking up and down the block talking about the potential market for this and how many people would use it and how many creators need this. And it's like a Kickstarter, but it's recurring revenue, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just one lump thing, it's, it's recurring payments. And, and um, he got it right away. He started. So, so at the end of that conversation, I said, Sam, can we do this? Are you in? And he said, he said, I'm in. Let's, let's do this. I'm, I want to do it. I want to I code this. I want to do it. I said, great, let's do it. And I left that conversation and Sam had committed to be my technical unicorn. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so that was, honestly, that was the only execution I really ever needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, was getting him to, to, to do this. Because Sam is the most smart um incredibly uh he, he's he's a C- sam is a ceo he, and he's mm. he's already been through this he's been through the entire circle he started a company he raised money uh he grew and then he sold the company um and then a month later that company was sold to google so he's really? been through yes he's he's been through the entire spectrum of founder dumb if you will yeah um, <laughs> right and uh and so honestly my Sam Sam is uh, he knows everything. He knows about fundraising. He knows about um, you know design. He knows back end coding, front end coding. He knows servers. He knows the whole thing. I after I sold him on the idea, I finished my robot music video, and for two months <laughs> he worked his freaking ass off. Wow, coding this site and making it work. I gave him my wireframes. He said, "Send me your fourteen page wireframe." I sent him the wireframe. The site looks nothing like my wireframes. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. And I didn't put up a fight because I have 100% trust in what he's doing. Um, the day that he committed, I sent him an email. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Two, it was a couple days later. We had a phone call to talk about how we're splitting this up. And I was thinking, I don't know. What does a technical co-founder get? Like, what, you know, what, how do you actually, like, was there equity or, like, what is this? And Sam just proposed something on the phone. He was like, he was like, let's just go in this 50-50. And I was like, great, let's do it. And that was it. No discussion, <laughs> wow. no debate, no lawyers. It was a one conversation. He was like, let's just, let's just split it. And you, know, you're gonna, you came up with the idea, and I'm going to come in with the execution. And I'm going to make it, make it happen. And I trusted him. And I, I knew he was the right guy for this because I, I had seen his companies he had started before. I went to school with him. I knew how much of a smart ass he was. He's just so good at what he's doing. <laughs> So, 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 and now, does Sam kind of do the day-to-day operation of Patreon? No. So Sam, Sam is the um, CPO and uh, he's so chief product officer, and he builds mm-hmm. everything and codes everything. And ultimately, it's his. I can't build anything. So right. if if anything needs to be built, I've got to convince him that it needs to be built. Otherwise, he's building what he thinks needs to be built, and he's right. pushing code out all the time, making tweaks and changing some stuff. I have no idea what he's doing it's just he's doing it right and i and again i have total faith in him and he has total faith in me that i understand and know the the content creation space right so so he um you know a lot of the time our split is like he 
he knows um, if I come to him and I say, Sam, we need this. This is essential to content creators. I have to, if I'm going to make a living, right, and I'm not taking a salary as a CEO of Patreon, I'm making my money using the product. If I'm going to continue to make a living, I need this. And if you don't build this for me, then I'm not going to be able to make my living using the product that we're trying to sell to the world as being a way to make a living. Yeah. And then he knows, okay, this is something that is a priority. Um, so so he's, he's doing product. Okay, so then a couple months later went by, and this is another one of those luck things. Natalie called up a company that I used to work with a lot called Stage It. They do webcasts. Mm-hmm. And she talked to our contact there, who's a guy named Tyler Palmer, who is a 23-year-old superstar from we the We know this Tyler Palmer. We know Tyler. Tyler. Yep, yep, you do. We've met him. Okay, spoiler alert. Tyler Palmer is the VP of operations at <laughs> Patreon. You keep, keep ruining the story. Before I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible storyteller. Um, so excited so, for the reveal. So, so Tyler, um, long story short, after many conversations with Tyler, I just I, he put together this whole document. He's like, Jack, Patreon is amazing. I want to work for you guys. Here's what I would do if I were to join Patreon tomorrow. Here's the things that would need to happen. And as I read through this list, I was like, oh, my God, this is all of the stuff that I don't know how to do that I'm that you're better at and that you could kick a on. And um, and everyone that I talked to, again, this is another one of those times. I'm not saying you should go against the advice of everybody else. That's not what I'm saying. But everyone that I talked to said. uh, Look through 100 resumes before you hire anyone. Mm -hmm. So I was convinced that Tyler was the right person, but. There was a part of me that was like, he's 23, like, yeah. shouldn't I interview 100 other people and, like, find <laughs> operations guys? For, like, Absolutely. And my, and my heart was telling me that Tyler was the guy. Yeah. And so, um, so we hired him. And he is the best thing to happen to Patreon since Sam. Um, he's, he, he runs Patreon. Tyler runs Patreon. He's, well, he's- the... Tyler's who brought us in. He's yeah. I, we know plenty of content creators who uh, who Tyler roped in. I mean, really, mm-hmm. yeah. that he he sought them out and said, "You guys should do this." And since we're talking about that, I I actually have a question for you. You know this this but whole. But Corey, thing before was, your question, what oh. is who, that whole story? What does that remind you of? You're asking me. Yeah, that whole story. What does that remind you of? Uh, Except for the part where I gave you fifty percent of my whole company. Right. Uh, <laughs> what does that remind? Because Jack is way more generous than I. Right. I am. Uh, so Jack, and if you're unaware, uh, you know Scott does PvP and he runs a studio called Toontown Studios, and uh, I used to work at a publisher called Oni Press, and uh, we're probably most famous for uh, publishing the Scott Pilgrim books, and uh, you know this big, awesome. big independent comic publisher. And I had met Scott a few times at shows. And uh, I, I like Oni a lot. I loved, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I've always kind of worked for myself and I've been a creator myself. So it was like hard for me to work a desk job, right? Yeah. And not, and not to be really in the nitty gritty of, of the making of stuff. Right. And uh, I had sort of, I, I don't even know how it started. Well, uh, for, you know, I, what happened was you started, it's, God, it's so similar, Jack. Uh, it's so crazy. And this is why I wanted to work with Patreon. Uh, was because, God, all of us creatives. I'm, I'm a cartoonist, and when I say that, I don't mean that's my job. Uh, my, uh, it means I'm a cartoonist, and we're all born so lost because we didn't want to be accountants. We didn't want to be um, 
anything where you can just go and do it. It's just, we have this thing that we have to do and we're going to do it. And it, you know, our friends are going to give us advice and our parents are going to ask us to ask us to have plan B's and backup plans. And, and we're just not going to do it. We just can't do it. So like Patreon had me at, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to make it anyway. Just please help me. Uh, because I don't have anywhere else to go. And I've been a, I've been doing cartooning full time. I've been lucky enough to do it professionally full time for since 2000, so 15, 14 years now. It's been my full time job. But the way I earn money over the 14 years has changed every single year that I've done it. Because, and I over the 14 years I've seen all these other kids who are just as lost as I was either have great success or just get completely taken advantage of over the course of feeling lost and just wanting to succeed to, to do it and make a living as well. And so when I was watching the Patreon stuff, when I watched that XOXO talk, and then I, I don't know what I, I saw, it, I went from that to some video where I think Natalie was filming you on launch night and you're just on the floor with that laptop yeah. in your lap. And you're like, she's like, how do you feel? And you're like, I just don't. You like, you were just excited and terrified and happy and f- scared all at the same time. And I was like, I said to Angie, my wife, I said, I want to do something with Patreon, just because it's the right, it's the right, eth- it's the right moral ethos, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, Kickstarter right now, there's a lot of people on. Kickstarter, and I get real pissy about this, and Brad always gets a call from me, (laughs) where it's like, I'm sick of these kids that are going on Kickstarter and going, hey, if I reach $30,000, then I'll draw comics this year. You should be drawing them anyway. Fuck you. Then I'm not going to pay for you to do it. Fuck your Kickstarter. And so it's just the right message, and it's the right way to do it and then it's like I'm I was flipping out I'm like this is Jack and I'm like I want it to work but then I I'm worried he's gonna get all wrapped up in it and then he won't make videos anymore so I'm excited <laughs> to hear that you got that under control but <laughs> but when you were talking about getting getting you know Sam and then Tyler it's like I was in the same boat because I had grown my comic strip and the money I could make off of it and the living I could make off of it as far as I could go and then at some point, you're just out of hours and you're just out of expertise. And Corey was was used to call me up when he worked at Oni, and he'd be like, "You know, what are you doing with Amazon.com with your books?" I'm like, "Oh, well, nothing." Well, here's what you should do: and just do this info dump. And then it was, you know, why aren't you doing anything through this and this? And, and you just dump all that out, and I'm writing it down. I was in my car, <laughs> out sitting, parked outside of a dry cleaner because I was picking up a suit for a some event and I'm just outside the dry cleaner just writing all it down going uh-huh uh-huh and then that night I said to Angie like I don't know what his plan is I don't know why he's telling me all this stuff I feel like it's a trap <laughs> he's giving me all this stuff because it's hard and to so, know who you can trust I yeah, know man, there's, there's no way to there's no there. way to know and so he six months later he calls me he goes did you do any of that stuff and I went no I did not do any of that stuff and he's like yeah you just need someone to do it for you and I'm like why are you telling me all this? Like, I just, just, again, just like a babe lost in the woods after 14 years of being a cartoonist and seeing the ups and downs, like, why are you helping me? <laughs> and he's like, I just think that you could, I, you know, like, he was really excited, and then 
he had the opportunity to quit Oni and go do some stuff, and I had the opportunity to hire him, and it was like, what do we do, Angie? And he'll, just like that, you on the floor, and I like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I really want to hire him. It's we'll hire him for six months. We'll be out this much money. It's a it's a you know it's a it's a calculated risk. Either we fire him or we don't. And then I was getting really excited with Corey, and we were coming up with ideas. And I'm like, Corey, we've got to start executing on something. And and Angie was like, I'm gonna be devil's advocate. I'm gonna say to him, Corey, you haven't made us a cent yet. You haven't made us any money yet. I love you, but you haven't made us any money. And uh, I took Corey. Do you remember me taking you and Shane into that stupid? retreat thing yeah he took us to a lake i took yeah i took cory and his <laughs> you mean, my wife you mean, you took mean like, and like, his like wife. They, they took fredo to a lake yeah he was gonna <laughs> murder me on his shed <laughs> on a lake and uh we had this big come to jesus talk and angie was like i'm just not i'm not gonna let up i i and cory's like i swear to god guys i know it feels like you're drowning right now we're all in the water together i'm inflating the boat but don't get in the boat yet it's not inflated and I got frustrated because they were talking money, and I went outside, and Corey's wife, Shana, was on the porch reading, and she's like, what's wrong? Because she could see it in my face, and I said, I believe in your husband. And she goes, he believes in you. And I'm like, that's why we're both fucked. <laughs> I walked in the water. It was so dramatic. But... Oh. Well, the best was Angie was giving me a hard time about it. Uh, you know, because doing this stuff takes time. And this is the hard thing, I, I think, for for creatives. Oh, I know to, what you're going to gonna some, say. Sometimes wrap their mind around because it's like, look, you've got months of setup and shit. And, and then months more of like making it work and, and talking to the right people and getting things where they need to be, especially if you're dealing with physical product. It's like you got to move stuff from point A to point B. You know, this isn't just the Internet. You push a button and it goes. Now yeah. you're talking – if you're talking about product – and that was just one aspect of what we were dealing with. But uh, – <laughs> It is not actually true that they did not earn uh, one red cent. In fact, I believe it was about a dollar, <laughs> one dollar and twenty-four cents. It was like month, month five or six of you working for us, and a check for a dollar fifty came in because you were following up on contracts that I had just left unattended, and and I got a check. I just got a check for a buck fifty. And he went, no, I asked him if they owed you any money. I guess it was a buck fifty. And then he sent Angie Nemo goes, well, I've earned you money now, and. <laughs> That did not go over great. Oh, it went but over anyway. fantastically. Well, Jack, it's you know, kind of... Jack, you know what the upshot of this whole thing is, right? No, don't ever, that? Don't ever come on this show and express concern over telling a long story again. No. <laughs> yeah, we that we are the long story. We, oh, we have no problems with telling long stories. No. But you know, I know, I know your time with us is limited, and there's one more question that I, that I'm dying to ask you. Okay. And that is because I think it's so perfect, and I, and I really am wondering about this. How many names did you go through before you landed on Patreon? Oh, uh, you want me to pull up the Google Doc? <laughs> I, I, so, so, because, because you know, it's a, it's a short word. It's a dot com. It's a perfect word. It makes sense as soon as you hear it. And I and I just gotta wonder how many you went. I, I mean, in other words, when you say Google Doc, there was a lot that you went through before you landed well, on this. And what no. was the genesis of the word as well? Uh, no, no, it's, uh, okay, hang on, I'll, uh, it's not that many things. While you search, I'm going to ask you another question, we'll put them out of order. Okay. Um, and this is, this is what I was going for before, this was kind of built by you with, uh, you know, your, your frame of reference as a creator is, is, uh, in creating these YouTube videos, and that was kind of your community, and that's, this is sort of where the, the, uh, the genesis of Patreon came from. Um, but now... 
Patreon has expanded into this realm of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, when Tyler first started talking to us, I said, man, you got to go after these web comics people. They have audiences. So, you mm. know, here's a, here's a handful of names. Go for it. Right. And, and, uh, and I think he was already talking to most of them, quite frankly. And, you know, and now the web comics community were very glommy individuals so yeah <laughs> so you know one person has done it that's working for you yeah <laughs> oh, everybody quick get over there everybody into the pool <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so uh all of a sudden it's the scene from caddyshack <laughs> right right at jack at, at what point did you go this this works for pretty much anything anything you can post it works yeah um, so, okay. So that was actually a very early, uh, realization. People, I had people, one of the, the holes that people were saying in Patreon, they said, look, you're going wide and you need to go vertical. You need to go deep and narrow. In other words, don't make a website for everyone. Make a website for a very s- small group of people and then later expand it. That was the advice that everybody gave me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, I even have some friends who are like, who do tech startups and, and when I told them, I said, look, this is, this is a website for content creators. And they were like, Jack, man, rule number one of tech startups is like, pick your, <laughs> pick your person and make something for them. Like, it's for, who is it for, musicians? Or is it for webcomic artists? Or is it for bloggers? But like, you can't, like, you need to pick a vertical. And then you need to make something that's specific for that vertical. And what people don't understand, and what I think people are still trying to understand, or, or what they don't understand at all, is that the vertical is digital media content creators. That's yeah, ver- one category of people. Yeah, it's not absolutely. a wide yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone who makes digital media and posts it on the web for free is in the same freaking sinking boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Oh, glad For we're all, all together. They're all on board a ship with just lined with holes in the hull. Mm-hmm. And they all need the same glue. And and that's and so so the vertical is digital media creators and that is a vertical. It mm-hmm. is one type of person. Ah, it's so interesting. You're the first person I've heard say that that new media and digital media is a vertical. Like with all, within all honesty, and most people refer to new media in particular as a medium, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to an actual like vertical I, market. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah, that was that was kind of what I what I settled on, and and what sort of made sense, uh, just because you know um, I didn't want to make a website for musicians. I don't. I have. That's not. I mean, not that it's not interesting to me. It's just not. That's not who needs help right now. You know, the people that need help are the people that are making digital media, YouTube artists and mm. musicians and web comics and, you know, the whole thing. So um, I can't find the Google Doc, guys, but it was it's it All was right. about 20 names and it included things like New Medici and, uh, <laughs> you know, what? stupid, just really obvious. No, I want names. I want this list now. What we need to do is find this list and it should be one of the. Uh, Surviving creativity, uh, pa- patron rewards is oh, all yeah, of the, like a all download. The failed, <laughs> all of the failed Patreon names. We should do a we should do a poll for our uh, patrons of of uh, you know give us give us horrible names for things. I want to hear them. How love- do you guys know how I sort? Like, if I just type in Patreon into Google Docs, is mm. there any way to sort and look for the last? 
what if you what if you searched for the word Medici in Google Docs? Because then it would I, only come up in one, right? I know, but I I looked for it and I can't <laughs> find it. So I'm. I got thirty eight documents with Medici. <laughs> in it. <laughs> what the fuck what is going on? What the hell am I doing? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, you know, like the guy's a musician. Medici it rhymes with Christina Ricci. I mean, the lyric <laughs> possibilities are endless. The guy's a musician. It's like Medici is that one name he's trying to put on something. It's like, what about Medici? And Sam and Ty like, no. And then he looks at it. He's like, one day, baby. He <laughs> gets filed away. Yeah. Cut to five years from now when I run into Jack and, and Natalie. And they're like, oh, meet my daughter, Medici. I'm like, no, really? Mm. Oh, what a terrible. Oh, that's the what best. a terrible name for a kid. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> ah. oh. <laughs> oh man well i'm i'm so glad that you came on in this show i feel free too if you have any questions for us uh, this has been such a one-sided uh grilling of you of <laughs> you for the last 50 minutes oh, tell us about you what do you think about us tell us all about your life <laughs> <laughs> well uh no i have nothing you can be honest you know nothing say, about sorry. our content that's okay <laughs> no i i was gonna say i was gonna make some joke uh, uh earlier you know about uh failure but i couldn't think of a creative way to <laughs> i failed at making guys, the line you guys are... complimentary and insulting you, know? <laughs> you, guys the, you guys are the best failures i've ever met right yeah yeah uh, I really... Guys, I've never heard of any of your work. You guys are failing amazing. <laughs> no, I I think uh, I think we should have you back on the show at some point to actually to talk about failure. And uh, yeah, I would love I would love to do a whole episode discussing the, the our our life's greatest failures. I know I have a, a awesome bucket of them <laughs> in the closet. Actually, oh gosh, uh, I, I store I store them. I save them. I consider this. I consider this very podcast a personal failure. What are my own, is, um, for myself? He's been sitting here the whole time, just quietly, like. Hmm. What the, just, just out of curiosity, out of my own sheer curiosity, um, if you had to say your greatest failure, just just the one greatest failure, right now, one greatest failure. Greatest failure. Yeah, just maybe not greatest. The 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 time. The, the worst failure slash greatest failure. The time where you're like, oh, shit. Oh, this is so bad. I can't believe it didn't work or well, it ruined something or here's, it was a, lots of work or what. Here's what's going to be difficult, I think, in answering that. And I'm going to jump in before Scott and Brad start racking their brains because it'll give us time to think, too. Is I think we're all the kind of people that it's hard to see something as a failure because so much is gained yes. out of it. Like even even the, I, a few things immediately jump to mind, and I go, well, but if that hadn't happened that way, then then I would have never figured out this, or I never would have done this, or you know, I so it it makes it hard to think about what is a truly great failure. Right. I can I got one right off the top of my head. Oh, I'm ready. I when I first when my comic first started earning me a living I, I would say maybe in my second or third year of not being terrified this was all just a fluke I applied for membership with the National Cartoon Society because I grew up wanting to be a syndicated cartoonist I wanted to be in the newspapers I wasn't I wanted a different route I was making a living online 
but I could still be in the NCS and maybe get to kind of rub shoulders with these guys that inspired me. And I met all the requirements. I had a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I made uh, – I had cartooning was my full-time job, and I made more than half of my income from cartooning. I met all the requirements. And I applied, and they turned me down because I wasn't a real cartoonist. And it launched – I used mm. that as a springboard. I made a decision to launch into – some kind of angry young man crusader phase against the man, the mm-hmm. old system. <laughs> and it just snowballed into a good five years worth of just being just a resentful fuck yeah. with a certain group of people. And it was a huge mistake, and it, it net me zero. I disagree. I think it netted a big push to webcomics. And I think... Looking now, ten years from that, I mean, they still the NCS still would have gotten there anyway. It was inevitable. No, I disagree, man. I mean, like NCS maybe would have recognized web comics, which they do now. They still don't recognize web comics as comics, right? Web comics are still (laughs) their own category. They're still segregated off into this thing. But we're on dash line comics. (laughs) Yeah, on dash line comics. That's right. Um, But but I, I don't know, man. Like, imagine if you had been put into the NCS like what what would have happened would you have had those five years of just drive to keep posting everything online and to keep doing stuff every day and to keep on forcing that I mean uh I don't yeah I don't know I don't know that it necessarily would have been better for me to have been accepted into the NCS or into that old guard but it certainly did push me further into the realm of I'm going to do my own thing and it's going to be what it is and I'll I'll make it um but I don't know that joining the NCS would have led me towards getting syndicated or anything although it probably could have um but I just don't know that the the anger or the the spite from it netted me much is it um is it unfair of me to say that you could categorize <clears throat> that failure um uh, under the umbrella of um, rejection from an existing institution. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. It was an institution that was f- super important to me too for for quite a long time. I mean, it's uh, and 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 it took a it took much longer for my dad to really kind of understand what it was I was doing, mm-hmm. and he was what's what's f- really weird is that he was on board with me being a cartoonist if cartoonist meant I get into the newspapers like the cartoons he grew up with, right? That this new thing I was doing he did not understand. Right. And mm-hmm. all and and all he saw was me burning bridges with these people. Right. But I, you know now that I'm. Now that I'm in my 40s, I just don't see the benefit of burning bridges that much at all. Uh, Scott, but. what was the what was the impetus that led to you uh, uh, doing that that uh, presentation out at the Schultz Museum and staying out there for the weekend and all that stuff? What 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 led to that? I don't remember. Uh, I think someone had mentioned there was a cartoonist in residence program at the Schultz Museum, and I might have twittered something like, "Oh my God, how do you do that?" Mm-hmm. And then the lady who runs the museum contacted me and said, um, oh, I if you want to do it, we'd love to have you out. So 
Because that's I did, how that I'm just happened. wondering if somehow that that wasn't involved in getting you on the radars of some of those same people that ended eh, up inviting you. I don't think so. No. no. No, I don't. I, I God, I hope not. That's the other thing, right? Like that's a, a trap that I'm sure maybe Jack's worried about falling into as well. But after you get done talking about the business of earning money from your art, it, you stop talking about the art, and then anyone that comes up to you isn't like, "Tell me about this new video you made." Um, and where'd you go with the? It's like, so you're making money off of this. You've really found a way to, and, and it's like I'm also an artist. I'm yeah. not the guy yeah. that just found a way to make a living off of it. That'll so, be interesting, but, Jack. For you, I would love to see that uh, to, to, I, to discuss that with you at some point in the future. Yeah, I I've had the pleasure of uh, talking with a lot of my heroes through Patreon because of Patreon. Um, Patreon has put me in touch with people that I've been following and looking up to for years. Um, creators on YouTube and artists and businessmen, and it's been really awesome for me. One of those people uh, is Amanda Palmer. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has expressed that sentiment to me like times a million. Um, you can imagine having raised $1.2 million on Kickstarter, she can't do an interview about art anymore there are no interviews about her records or her music or her albums or her drawings or her creation every interview every question of every interview every person every media story everything is so how did you raise over a million (laughs) dollars how did what's your method how are you right they want to know about her business i spent 10 years being an artist Right, exactly. <laughs> and doing yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How about I made things that people liked? How about that? That's, yeah. It's yeah. something that we have taken as a mantra. I know, Brad, I've heard you say it. Scott, I know you and I say it all the time, is because we get a lot of uh, people, young people entering the industry, in any creative industry that, that has to do with new media, online media, di- digital media, whatever you want to call it. And the question is always like, how do I make money? When do I make money? What do you know? What, like, when do I make a show? Oh yeah, it's the whole cargo cult thing, and, and the, that's why I love Patreon's focus on you're going to be making it anyway. Right, right. Just right. go because our answer because is always just make the art. the The money will come. Make the art. Oh man, I'll, I'll go to a convention and they'll ask me to do a panel. Brad, it's I can't tell you how many panels Brad and I have been on where. <laughs> Because Brad, Brad and I were co-authors of a book about making web comics. Because I grew up reading comics, and for any interview I could find, any little tidbit of how are you know what tools do you use, what do you do? I mean, I just wanted to absorb it all. So we were having su- good success. We wanted to make something for people that wanted to do what we did. We made a book, and then no one cared about the fact that we made comics anymore. All they want to talk about us is how they make money. But right. we'll go to conventions and we'll do panels where we talk about. You know, being a cartoonist, and I mean, this—that's what this podcast is kind of about, too. We do love talking shop. I don't want to shit on it, but what'll happen is afterwards, someone will come up and ask a question, and they'll say, "Now, when I make T-shirts, how do I know how many sizes, how much of each size to make? Do you have a formula to break that down?" And Brad and I always go, "Well." How long has your comic been around? Oh, I'm launching it next week. <laughs> All right. Well, then here's what you need to do. Don't worry about t-shirts right now. And they're yeah. like, oh. And we're like, look, you need to worry about just just worry about the strip right now. Just worry about your feature and your and your art and your storytelling and and reaching people. Yeah. And then they go, okay, okay, great. So 
what's the most popular t-shirt size? Is it? <laughs> and they just don't give a shit. They just don't hear it. No. Yeah. They, they, and, and it's so, like I sit there going, I, I, I'd like to see you center words in a word balloon first. I'd, li- I'd like to see you actually stay inside of that. You know, just do the basics of cartooning first. And there's yeah. there's nothing. That's that's so that's a common thing, right? Is like there's there's three things, right? There's making art, mm-hmm. there's building an audience, and there's making money. Mm-hmm. And those are three very different things. And I think a lot of people try to do steps two and three before step one, and people try and do step three before step two. They'll oh, they'll have no art and no audience. And they'll be obsessed with, like, musicians do it all the time. They want to go on tour. We've got a band. We want to go on tour. We're going to tour the nation. And and <laughs> I did that. I'm guilty. Guilty as I'm charged here. Yeah. I, I, I did that. When I was 22, I just, you know, the way to do it is you just go on tour and you build a, you know, and it's like, come on, man. That's not how you build an audience. Like, you don't build an audience by playing an empty bar for four people <laughs> that costs you $1,000 in gas to get right. there. Yeah. And, like, you do, that's not that's not a, building a scalable business. Like you're not that you're not building an audience. You're not being an entrepreneur. You're not right. That that's just a bad idea. So anyway, anyway, the, the point is in your mind. I think it's important. And this is this is what I tell people now when they start putting the cart uh, ahead of the horse. Is that the expression mm-hmm. before yeah. the horse? I tell people, look, you gotta you gotta distinguish between making art, building an audience, and making money. And making money is the last step, right? That's like yeah, the last thing. Like you Make don't. Make the art. Yeah, like merchandise and right. Those are all. Mm-hmm. Those are those are revenue plans. Once you have users, right? Mm-hmm. Like like tech companies don't try and make money first like they get users first and then they'll like make money but like nobody makes money before they have an audience you need an audience so like first get your shit down make your art make something that's good and work hard at it Mm. then start building your audience that's when you okay now i've got something now i'll start putting on you know and, and trying to do you know youtube and and building a website and investing in infrastructure and all that. Don't invest in infrastructure until you have something <laughs> to invest in. And then yeah. finally, after the audience development, after you've done all that, okay, now you've got years of goodwill and expertise and fan relationships. Now flip the switch yeah. and now now make money. But like, don't quit your job on day one. You know, it's like it's not going to convert to money right away. You know. And actually, I was talking with Hank Green this last week. Do you guys know Hank Green? I do know Hank. Yeah. Hank is one of my heroes. He's one of my one of my business and creative heroes, and I I felt so lucky to be talking with him. He founded a company called Subable that's very similar to Patreon. Um, they launched about three months after Patreon launched, and I freaked out. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but um, anyway, it turns out to be a, a different thing, and he's got different goals. And um, but but still, it's weird. We find ourselves just somewhat competitive even though uh but we're very friendly with each other and he respects me and i respect him endlessly so but he was saying look there's nothing wrong with treading on potential value i think a lot of people feel weird if they're not converting it's like don't worry about that right now like you can so so you haven't asked your fans for anything this year fine don't ask them for anything next year either like Mm -hmm. just you can it's okay to tread water and to just build goodwill and to just be doing nice things for people, right? Like you don't have to be making money. 
and, and you don't have to be converting. You don't have to have your business hat on all the time. I mean, especially if you are afloat and you're able to make your rent payments and things are happening, like you don't have to be converting the value at all times. It's good if you're not, and your but fans I, will recognize that. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, too. man. Yeah. That's a yeah, good gut a, chat to make sure that you're you're actually in it for the right reasons too. Yeah, yes. those, yeah. those are the people that will be best at their at their at, at converting to the business side of their art is the people that are able to do it just for the love of it. It's the people the that love. get into it thinking, oh well, this is a good way to make money. Which, uh, honest to God, I, I if the, the people who get into comics because it's a good way to make money kind of <laughs> oh. kind of make me scratch my head. But, well, but that, or, or anything good, for that matter, any that, art form. If you get into right, it to make money, right. you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. But that's a good gut check. If you're able to do that for the love of your craft uh, for yeah. a while, then that's that, that that tells you you you've got a good chance of making the long haul. Well, yeah. Jack, th this is something that going back to what we tell people all the time is just make the art. Like the money will come. Don't worry about it. Just make it right yes. now. Make the art. And it, it's one of those things. And I'll tell you right now, any detractor in this conversation is going to say. Oh, well, fuck you guys. You live in a magical fairyland where rent checks just come in. <laughs> easy to say from your ivory tower. Yeah, easy to say from, from your tower that you built with 15 years of blood, sweat, and tears. You know, go right. fuck yourself. But the, right. I think the point is what these people miss is that it's like, no, I didn't say quit your job. I didn't right. say, <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't say don't think about your family. I didn't say give up your day job. I said no. make the art. Yeah. Make the art and make the art and make the art it's until hard. It, it's, it's not that it's not easy. No, I'm not it, saying it's, it's not easy. The problem is, and this is the this is the double edged sword of the new media. And one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is, I was making uh, comics in junior high and high school and college with the idea that I was going to somehow find a way to be a cartoonist. And even all the way up through college, you you worked in a vacuum. You drew in your in your house mm -hmm. or your dorm room you showed it to friends and family and then eventually you would send it to an editor whether it was a syndicate editor or a newspaper editor or a magazine editor now and nothing felt real because nothing had happened but now these poor kids now you put up a tumbler and it's like i've got 3000 people reading this every day I have as much of a circulation as most syndicated comic strips when mm -hmm. it started, mm -hmm. and and I I can't walk away from that, but it's not doing anything for right. me. Right. I'm not. I still have to, nothing's changed. My life is no different. Well, and then to those people, we always say now you need to convert. Like now, <laughs> now comes the hard part. Yeah. You you did good at the art, so and it, and now it's the time where you have to figure it out. That's, that's where Patreon that's comes what in. That's that's who Patreon is for, right? That's yeah, why yeah. Patreon mm -hmm. exists. That's. Yep. That is the reason Patreon is here is because it's t it's not right. It, Patreon is taking people who have value. They, they're reaching people. They have a community. They have people who care. And for whatever reason, there's no way to convert. Right. Yeah. That's what Patreon is for. Or even if there is a way to convert, it's not good enough. Right. So yeah. so ads. Right. Which are just a shitty way to convert. Let's be honest. Ads <laughs> are just terrible. Ads. They're not the best. <laughs> they're yeah. not great. They're so, not they're I mean don't get me wrong they put food on the table but they're certainly not not the number one thing. Right. But don't you feel like we we do well with them Corey but that's we're in a very very unique we're, very we're unique. in rare, we're, we're, we're in what we're in what Brian Bendis calls rarefied air. Absolutely. We're we're breathing rarefied air. 
Well, but it, but it's kind of hard to. I mean, we're all saying you know ads aren't great now, everything, but you've got to take a look at the long haul. It was a long time before uh, Patreon and Kickstarter and uh, very few others, but those are the two. Well, I'll throw Indiegogo in. Uh, it, it was a long time before you guys made it cool to pay a little bit at a time for something. In other words, yeah. you're very close mm -hmm. to micropayments, something that uh, guys like Scott and I scoffed at for years. If you would have oh, come yeah. up to us and told us, I got this, I, if you would have shown this us your This is still form, not, this is not micropayments, though. This I, isn't Scott McLeod's. Uh, everyone gets half a penny every time they come to your site, but and it's you very make a million dollars. It's very close. Well, it's close. My but. point is, if he would have come to me, Scott, at, and showed me his 14 pages, I would have said that smells like micropayments. I would have been one of the guys <laughs> that told him it's never going to work. And mm -hmm. thank goodness that you didn't come up to me, Jack. And and uh, you know, and if you have any good ideas in the future, don't don't go by me. <laughs> but it was a long time before guys like Jack made it cool to do this kind of a thing. And it was a long time before the internet atmosphere was right for this kind of uh, not micropayment thing that Patreon and Kickstarter and so forth are. Before that, all we had was ads. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ads, ads and merchandising. Those, I mean, those are the big, you know, put your ads up, make your books, put out some merch. I mean, that's where the revenue comes from. Yeah. That is, that is the revenue. And so it's to cool have, to see things like this come around. That, that yeah, to have a patient uh, is really, that really is a little bit more optimal. Well, so for you guys, in your case with, with ads, I mean, you know, I, I do need to qualify my statement that ads are a shitty way of monetizing. I think once, once you hit an audience size of a certain amount, ads are actually quite functional, right? There are a it's handful kind of, of YouTubers. It's a bell curve. Like yeah. at the beginning you make nothing and then you hit right. a certain audience level and it's like, Oh shit, I'm making money. But then yeah. as that audience grows, that amount of money actually goes down per, yeah. per view, per person, per, right? Per user. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like you would expect it to be like a graph, but when you actually look at it, it's, it's like, linear. it's yeah. like, Oh shit. <laughs> at at a hundred users, I'm actually making pretty good money per user at a thousand users fuck you like why aren't you paying me more money you're getting right. so many eyes yeah right you know right. there's this there's a weird shift there yeah it's it's a it's a real problem um now you guys are actually uh, do you mind if i ask you if i'm i'm sorry to keep going absolutely like this, but... no dude we do we'll, we, we just, go for we just hours got done edits grilling you. I, you can, yeah yeah you man certainly... feel free look we... who it is oh <laughs> scott's gonna freak out Calm down, son. Take I'm not breath. gonna freak out. Hello. <laughs> He's a huge fan. Oh hi. Nice hi. Hi. Scott. Scott in particular. Hi Scott. Yeah. Freaked out when you peeked your head in. <laughs> she can't hear you because I'm on earbuds. But good. Um, I'm glad yeah. she can't hear me. <laughs> yeah. Tell her I said hello. <laughs> Scott says. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on one sec, guys. Yeah. I, I just had some one something to tell you. Okay. Which is that we are going for dinner. Wow, when is that? It's at Rome Burger at eight. Going to Rome Burger. Fantastic. In in North in um Pit Pack Heights. Uh yeah. Great. I just wanted to make sure you were Great. making. Great. We'll be out here at seven thirty. Dinner plans. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. That's it. Okay. Nice meeting you, Scott. Nice meeting you too. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Scott, how dare you say that about my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
What's this? What is that? If that was like you going like, I'm gonna kiss her later. Well, listen, I'll tell you what, I, I, we should probably start to wrap this up because I know we've kept Jack on for uh, way longer than he immediately uh, committed to. So I'm I sorry, ju- I usually end these things early, but I was having such a good time talking with you guys. I, I just kind of well, went listen, going and going. Well, no, would you come back sometime? To, yeah, we want you to come back sometime. <laughs> it really was great talking to you guys. Thank you for... Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I no, really, just, I really liked it. I'm well, glad. Good. Would you? We were asking if you'd be willing to do it again sometime. Oh, of course, absolutely, 100. <laughs> because on our side, it sounded like you just completely sidestepped. Yeah. It. it was like, hey, would you like to come back sometime, yeah. Jack? Hey, listen, I had and a good like, time, guys. Really Let's leave it at that. Really great time. Really, really have not been watching a, a fly walk up a drape all this last 45 oh, minutes. Oh, God. No, any, any time, any, yeah, <laughs> seriously, any time you guys want to talk more, I'm, I'm game. This was really great. I mean, it's, it's fun. I, I particularly like talking with, you know, creators who seem to be, uh, or who are, not just seem to be, um, you know, doing it, doing it right and who have a, a really good pulse on the situation. And uh, so yeah. it's, it's, it's a learning experience for me, too. I mean, I don't. You know, I, I'm not in the web comic world, right? So I think it's all part of the same vertical, but I'm no expert on web comics. So it is really exciting for me to talk to you guys and hear your perspective on everything. Well, it's been we'll, great we'll talking to you too. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. be calling you again to do the podcast again. And great. Let us let us know anytime you're going to be in the Seattle or Portland area. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. All right. Thank well, you guys so much. Thank you so much, Jack. No, I'm oh. I'm listening to both things at once. I'm in the middle of a meeting in Tokyo and this at the same time. Oh, God, so I just wanted to say I'm thank sorry. you so much. I'm sorry. I, I uh, we definitely for like an extra no, no. We here. definitely want you back. We we have so much cool. more to talk about. So I'll Great. I'll talk to Tyler. We'll figure something out in your schedule. Cool guys. Thanks. Great. Thanks. We'll talk this has so been much. surviving okay. creativity. Thank you, Jack. Adios. Bye. Have Bye-bye. fun Bye-bye. editing this. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Edit Schmedit. This goes up raw. This has been Surviving Creativity. On behalf of myself, Corey Cassoni, and your other hosts, Scott Kurtz and Brad Geiger, thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks this week to musician extraordinaire and creator of Patreon and our guest, Jack Conti. If you like what you heard, come on back. We're posting new episodes every week. It's a new show where we discuss creating art and new media with weekly guests from the best content creators all over the world. And if you really enjoyed it, please consider becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Surviving Creativity.